This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. This podcast is produced by podcastandradio.com. Small Biz. Small Biz America. The Brain. Our guest on this segment is an educator, facilitator, and author with a Fortune 1000 background. For more than 30 years, Maxine Suisa has been directly implementing educational instruction, curriculum development, and training worldwide. Her passion is to enhance the communication skills of everyone she touches to facilitate greater collaboration and understanding. Maxine, by the way, has just published her second book entitled Breathe, centered around the acronym B-R-E-A-T-H-E, Breathe, which is an easy to follow self-help guide for reducing stress and achieving mindfulness in daily life. The book draws upon the wisdom of spiritual teachers, including the Dalai Lama and Deepak Chopra, and the lessons the author, Maxine, has learned from her own life. Let's welcome Maxine Suisa. Maxine, welcome to the program. Thank you, David. I'm happy to be here. So the, the question has to be asked, how do you go from being a C-level, high-level C-level executive at a fortune company, uh, suddenly moving into this space? Uh, I guess there was an epiphany. What was the epiphany? Well, it's interesting because, I, I, yes, I was the chief information officer for a publicly traded company. So I was involved in the technology side, which included a great deal of stress. As you can imagine, people love when everything, actually people don't even notice when everything's working, but when technology doesn't work, that's stress time for everyone. So that kind of high stress, high demand lifestyle was really starting to get to me. And I realized I really wanted to do something different. Mm -hmm. And so I left and it was a financial services company as as luck or good fortune or good karma would have it. The mortgage meltdown happened six weeks after I stopped working at the company that I was working for. So I literally got out in the nick of time and I felt in some ways like that was even a message or a sign of something that I should be looking at. And I really have spent the decades since I left the corporate world exploring my own personal spiritual quest, as well as really exploring what my life purpose is, because so much of Eastern philosophy in particular talks about Dharma, which is really focused on our life purpose. Mm-hmm. And so I did quite a bit of work on, I started going to a lot of meditation retreats. I did some work with the Silva 
mind system. I think it's called the Silva Life System now. And worked with Yogananda's philosophies out and did some silent retreats out there in Encinitas, spent time with Deepak Chopra at his seminars. And really a big part of it is at the end of the day, what makes you feel good and feel fulfilled in your daily life. And so part of that for me was definitely a calling as a teacher. And what was interesting, around the same time, my ex-husband needed a copy of our marriage license. And so I was looking for it. And on it, I put even back then, this was when I was 25 years old, that my profession was teacher, even though I wasn't really teaching then. And my net. And my next step was this technology career. And so, um, yeah, it was sort of interesting that it was always in the back of my mind and my interest. So after exploring and, and doing a lot of meditation and soul searching, I really found that teaching and education is really important to me. But it's not teaching in a classroom. I'm not, I, I do do that sometimes, but that's not really what my interest is. It's really helping people live the fullest lives that they can leave, live and do it in such a way that it's coming from a place of mindfulness and compassion are two of the big elements. And part of mindfulness, a big part of mindfulness is non-judgment and just pay, just paying attention to what we do moment to moment in each present moment as it presents itself to us. And Maxine, I know that, you know, you've traveled abroad and you've taught English as a second language. How did that experience as now or more recently a teacher inform the work and ultimately the book that you wrote and and the techniques that you're exploring and the, the new teaching that you're doing around mindfulness? Yes. So I had, that was also one of my dreams in my early 20s. I always said I wanted to be an ESL teacher. And part of that was because I do really love languages. And Mm. interestingly, people often ask, do I, am I fluent in Spanish? Or I've been teaching recently in Korea. Am I fluent in Korean. And the way that I've learned to teach is I don't have to know any other language. It's really about finding ways to communicate and help people express themselves and using English as the main language. So I have taught classes where I've even had six or eight different languages, and then English becomes the universal language. So so that was part of it. I also have a love of travel, and I have traveled quite a bit. And so the two together and my love of teaching, languages, communication, all kind of came together in this ESL piece. And I got certified as an ESL instructor six years ago. And then right after that, I started working at a university and I realized to continue this work, I needed to get my master's. And I did this all through SIT in Brattleboro, Vermont. SIT stands for the School for International Training. And their approach to learning and education is all about experience Hmm. and learning by doing. So the idea isn't to sit in a classroom and take notes and regurgitate facts and figures. It's really about internalizing learning and internalizing your experiences so that it helps you remember and continue to 
pursue and develop your curiosity. It's evident that the book Breathe, your latest, is a practical handbook. So it really does begin to look at all of this, this mindfulness, and we'll talk about the acronym Breathe. It begins to look at it all in terms of what can we actually do? How can we internalize this, as you say, and and really begin to bring it into practice rather than just sort of being separate and taking notes, as you put it, and in, in, in sort of in this academic environment. So very practical, uh, the book Breathe, and, and my, this might be a good time to unpack the the acronym itself. You've got B-R-E-A-T-H-E. Let's walk through each of these. So if you will, give us the yes. tour. Okay, thank you. So the B in Breathe is actually for Breathe, and I start the book by discussing mindfulness and breath because science has shown that even just remembering to take a few deep breaths a day is good for your health. So it's kind of starting from that place of remembering to breathe, taking oxygenating your brain is good for your brain. It, It stimulates circulation and blood circulation and mental activity. So that's breathe. And I also include a very simple mindfulness activity, which again, just focuses on your breath. If you can do nothing else in a day, something that's a very wonderful mindfulness activity is just taking six to eight conscious deep breaths. And part of what that does is it just centers you in your body. You pay attention to where your breath is moving in your body and through your nostrils into your diaphragm, expanding, contracting, inhaling, exhaling. And that's a wonderful way to start. Maxine, I read recently that uh, bringing the what is usually an unconscious thing, as in breathing, to Mm -hmm. a conscious level is a part of all this. Do you agree with that? And, And does that fold into all of this? Absolutely. Absolutely. And your breath is the great place to start because there's no external, you don't need any external stimulation, motivation factors. It's all about yourself and just tuning into your, your body. Excellent. So the next, the R is for reflect. So frame, frame this out for us, if you will. Yes. And reflect did really start from my ESL experience. Although interestingly, it was also as after I started looking into it, it was very similar to some of the processes that are used in project management for Mm -hmm. technology where you create or devise an app and then you have to fine tune it and improve it and evaluate it and get feedback and all those things and reflect in a humanistic sense is very similar to that. We do something, then we need to observe what we did and think about it and analyze maybe what we liked, what was helpful, what was hindering. So the idea is that you do an action and then you think about that action and try to describe what you did step by step, which helps you evaluate, did I like what I did? Then you start the analysis, did I like what I did? What would I do differently? And then you take it to your action. Okay, next time, you know what? I was really short-tempered with my daughter this morning and I really don't feel good about that. Next time when I'm feeling impatient, I'm gonna tune in and I'm going to either suggest that we have a conversation later or pay attention to myself and be more mindful and send love and compassion when something is needed. 
So that's the idea. It's sort of a spiral. We do something, we think about it, we observe it, we describe it, we analyze it. I like this. I didn't like that. And then we plan for the future. Yeah. Next time I'm going to improve and I'm going to improve by doing X. Yeah. And, and you put it in the technology perspective or, or context. I mean, it sounded a little bit more like the mind part or the analytics side of our personalities but then you introduce this idea about your own behavior with your daughter in that example so it really can expand to anything this reflecting can touch any part of your life whether it's more analytical and more scientific and reflective in that way or just a behavior that you uh, needed to revisit and reflect and correct or or tweak or whatever you want however, however you would say that exactly that's exactly right. right so e for empathize e for empathize is Really, and interestingly, what I'm really focusing on is, is more the compassion side than the empathize side, but it fit in nicely with breathe. Well, sure, you've got an acronym yeah. you're working with, <laughs> right. but, but that's an interesting yes. idea. So, so to draw a distinction between empathy and compassion. Uh, compassion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So empathy is our ability to experience what another person feels. So, for example, when we see a baby crying, it makes us feel bad because we relate to whatever that pain or suffering is with the little baby. Likewise, when a baby's laughing, it makes us feel happy. Yeah. So that's the human. We have something called mirror neurons. And part of that, that what we mirror are people's emotions. It's also things like you, sometimes you'll notice if somebody yawns, you automatically yawn. Absolutely. That, that those are our mirror neurons at work. And they also work on an emotional level. The limbic system on the brain is in our brain as part of that as well. Mm -hmm. So the empathy is that piece that we can relate to other people's feelings as human beings. And then the compassion side, which is very interesting, and this is something that I've gotten from some of my Buddhist studies, and the Dalai Lama talks about this, that compassion is is beyond just feeling what other people feel, but really trying to do something to help alleviate the suffering of others. And the way we go about that can be many different, hundreds of different ways, just by listening, by offering a kind word, by giving somebody a hug when they're having a bad day, yeah. by just trying to find ways to make people's lives easier. So it's more action-oriented, too. Is that true? Exactly. That's a beautiful way of, of explaining the distinction. Uh, empathy is more about feeling, and compassion is more about acting. Okay, cool. And then accept is the next uh, in the acronym, Breathe. Yes. And acceptance is really all about, it all ties into non-judgment and mindfulness. And that idea of acceptance is to really, there's a part... An, another part of our human experience is that we always want to change things and do things differently. And that's an important element. But sometimes we also need to accept ourselves as we are, accept our partners as they are, accept our lives as they are, because part of the judgment piece is where we get very self-critical or critical of others or judgmental of ourselves or others. And part of accepting ourselves allows us to be less critical of ourselves and others. And it also leads us toward on the path of forgiveness. Because when we accept the things, as Rudolf Neighbor said in, the, in his AA quote, grant me the serenity to accept the things that cannot change. 
when you really understand that and internalize that into your life, you take a lot of pressure off yourself from having to be perfect or having to do things the right way and and accept that you're human. You make mistakes. Other people make mistakes. And we're all doing the best we can. Yeah. Yeah. No one wakes up in the morning. I don't think they do. Wanting not for things to work in our lives. Those of us that are within sort of a range of normal behavior. Yes. Uh, So, uh, so acceptance. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a big piece of, well, they're all big, but that certainly is a huge one. And then moving forward to thank. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, thank is all about gratitude and appreciation. And something that I had discovered along the way of writing this book is how important positive emotions are to our health and well-being. And gratitude is one of those big ones. There's a professor at UC Davis, and I mention him in my book, Robert Emmons, and his focus is on gratitude and the effects on our health and Mm well-being. And as uh, comes up multiple times in, in my book, it's about the fact that when you're emoting positive feelings, it has a positive effect not only on you, but on people around you. But what's most important is that it really does have a positive effect on you by just expressing gratitude to people, to yourself. Oprah's big on having a gratitude journal and writing down three things every day, either the start of the day or the end of the day that you're grateful for. And what happens naturally from that is you release endorphins. Endorphins make you feel good. Those are the happy hormones. You reduce your stress level. When you start having positive emotions and better feelings, your immune system strengthens, Mm -hmm. your cortisol levels, your stress levels are reduced. So it actually is good for your health. Perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. And Uh, one other, sorry, one other little thing there. I do also on my website, I do have a link to another website that I created called Grateful Optimism. For one year, I made it a practice that I do a page for every day of the year. And so I created these affirmations of gratitude and it made me feel very good as it as it should right. uh, by the way a reset for our audience we're, li- we're visiting yes. with maxine suisa she is the author of breathe and uh we're talking about her book by the way the website as she just mentioned and you'll find this in the show notes as well maxine suisa s-w-i-s-a.com we have a couple more on and the acronym and then we'll move forward from there so hearten is the next one maxine the definition of hearten is to bring cheer into people's lives or into your life. But it heartened is also about love. And so that chapter focuses on both. It focuses on good cheer through laughter. Similar effects of laughter as there are with gratitude reduces your stress level mm-hmm. and boosts your immune system, mm-hmm. produces hormones, more oxygenation, greater motivation, all of these things. Yeah. And then finally, engage. Engage is really about our interconnectedness. And one of the things that I learned in one of my Buddhist seminars that I did was we taught one of the activities that we did was a it was sort of part gratitude and just this interconnectedness, this idea that you go to a supermarket and you buy an apple, you pick up that apple. Well, think about everything that had to happen for you to get that apple into your hand. And that's just a small example of 
our interconnectedness, the person who planted the seed that grew the tree and the water and the rain and the person that picked the apples or the machinery that picked the apples and then picked out the bad ones and got them in the cart and got them on the truck and got them to the warehouse that got them to the supermarket that got the clerk to put them on the on the produce shelf and all those things there are so many people involved in everything that we do in our lives Mm -hmm. and just taking a moment to have that awareness in our daily lives well i've always been fascinated with the lineage of connectivity and of course our audience being predominantly entrepreneurs and business people on on this uh, program has to you know pause for the cause and say look if you're connected and your business is growing or when we talk about referrals or when we talk about this thing called networking or even just the expression of all of this online with social media I mean we're all so interconnected but of course you're dealing with it more on an energetic level I think if I've got it right and 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 it's so true and certainly folds into business of course you're talking about it from a more mm-hmm. total holistic kind of way but uh, I I love the fact that we're covering this material, even though our audience is, is so uh, really probably focused on career and business, as so many of us are. It all yes. It's all connected. And so yes. that's, that's a beautiful thing. Maxine, I wanted to spend a little mm-hmm. bit of time on the idea of neuroplasticity of the brain. What have you learned about neuroplasticity that we may not know and uh, you'd like us to know? So the beautiful thing about neuroplasticity is, is that we used to think that, you know, that expression, you can't teach an old horse new tricks. Well, it's turned out that that isn't true and that our brain is continually learning and evolving. And we can change our mental frequencies. And this isn't woo-woo. This is science. There's a great deal of scientific data on this concept. That same thing with gratitude or with joy or any other emotion, rather than focusing on the things that are wrong in our lives to try to focus on the things that are positive, we can change our brain chemistry to be more optimistic, more hopeful, more proactive. So that's the idea behind neuroplasticity, that even though we always did something one way, we can change it and we can change our brain and our approach to life, to work, to interpersonal relationships, to our own relationship with ourself, to health. There have been studies where people have actually improved their health, definitely Less challenging illnesses such as depression can be treated and changed through neuroplasticity. Excellent. And practicing so many of the techniques that you teach in the book and you do in real life. And as we talk about them, these are the things that can help improve your neuroplasticity and uh, reduce your stress and cause all these other good things to happen. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Very cool. So the book is out. It's uh available anywhere books are found. Uh, I'm looking at the cover here. Congratulations on the release. The book is called Breathe by Maxine Suisa, our guest today. And as we close out this segment, Maxine, what's your vision? You've identified the teaching as kind of, you know, living at the core of your own being. How would you project this is going to look? What's your vision for the future for the work you'll be doing and continuing to do? Well, I've actually partnered with a colleague and good friend of mine, we've created an organization called Inspiration Education. And we have a little bit of information on our website. Our tagline is lighting up our future. And we are through our work committed to uplifting education and human abilities through 
a holistic approach to learning as well as compassion training and communication mm. and encouraging creativity. Mm. And we're, we design and deliver trainings for businesses and schools, and we incorporate the principles of neuroplasticity and experiential activities. Well, as we sit together in, uh, what is it, November of 2017, it's not an easy time on the planet. The world needs the work you and your partner are doing. And by the way, is there a different website we should give for inspiration education, or is it one and the same? Or Right now, it's one and the same. We are Our website is under construction right okay, now. Okay, so that website under construction, but you can learn more about the work Maxine and her partner. What is her name, by the way? Miriam Corneli. You can learn more about the work they are doing at Maxine Suisa, S-W-I-S-A dot com. And uh, I guess we'll leave it there for this one. Maxine, thanks so much for joining us on the program. And uh, congratulations in the book and good luck with the work you do going forward. Thank you, David. Small Biz. Small Biz America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.